Rangers and residents of Summer Cove, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I'm your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite NB, Kennedy. I have a specific comment this time. You know, I just wanted to say that they really let you know that it's in Summer Cove this season. You know, sometimes we have to track that information down. I felt like they said the name of the town like five times in every episode. Am I wrong? I thought you were going to say, I actually have a specific comment this time, and then just end it. My mind was stuck on that. <laughs> I actually have a specific comment this time. And then I say something racist, and I log off, and I delete my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had to make the NB distinguish, uh, distinguishing trait here, just because we've got the fourth horseman, and it's a uh, hell baby. Let's go! I'm back, baby. This is like a Kennedy <laughs> versus Kennedy type. Oh my of. god, what a classic. What, what a, a classic. What a throwback. That is yes. beautiful. There's going to uh, be like one person who gets that reference. It's going to be my it's going to be my boyfriend when I make him Yeah, your boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just going to be screaming at the screen. This is so cool. <laughs> oh my god, that's so perfect. You know, Kennedy you know, NB Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, like, uh, which, which one? <laughs> I mentioned today that Base Pro Shop has the seventh largest pyramid in the world in the drive-thru today at my job. <laughs> and they were like, uh, really? Wow. And I'm like, yeah, you should look it up. It's pretty huge. <laughs> Imagine, um, like, like, like 700 years from now when, like, they're like doing studies of like American culture and they like find this massive like ruins of a vast pro shop pyramid and they're like, oh, this really must have been like very culturally significant. It's like, just this- like idiocracy. Nailed it. <laughs> speaking of the the twitter memes uh i will say before we get too lost in the sauce here i do agree kennedy they do make it feel like it's like okay summer cove is a place especially i think it's the branding like you see branding of summer cove everywhere like mm-hmm. there's a summer cove restaurant or whatever the cafe the summer cove high school that shit and they do yeah, say it quite a bit they, too they yeah. really try to they really try to make it Feel that, which they rarely do after like the OG. Yeah. So that's kind of neat in a way. Yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to draw attention to that because you saw you said the name of the place. Except for maybe like Lost Galaxy, right? That's because they have to keep mentioning it because if they don't, people might start divesting. Yeah. It, <laughs> Lost Galaxy is confusing, and we shouldn't talk about it anymore. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, I think this season around, our best is a little bit weird, just because, like, none of it's really political. It's all just, like, emotional development, for the most part. Can also, like the best that? are weird, because they're slightly mid. Yeah, they're slightly mid. I, I, uh, The worst, we're just going to get out of the way. The worst is episode one. We've already covered that. Um, it's really hard to get a score that's lower than negative two, and really... 
uh, when we do the best and worst, we don't cover the finale. We typically wait. Wait, like hang to... on, hang on. What so, was the last one you saw with us? I can't remember. A while ago. God, that was so long ago. Yeah. That was like one of our like pre HD seasons, right? For sure. That it was the it was the one it with it was like like space fascism. It was it was Lost Galaxy. That's all, yeah, it yeah. Was I have to leave I that in. That Holy <laughs> shit! Holy Whoa. shit! Wow! Wow! I mean, it's kind of what it's kind of what it was. Uh, no, you're very right. <laughs> Power Rangers, space, space fascism. fascism. <laughs> How do I remember the theme song? I think I kind of thought the theme song slapped. Like I'm not gonna lie. Uh, in retrospect, it slaps a little bit harder. It just it repeats itself a little bit too much towards the end. I love pop music, so that does not bother me. Ah, you're not wrong. It's a good one, though. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Um, I mean, especially like now that we've watched how many seasons, Kennedy? Twenty five. A million seasons of the Power Rangers. (laughs) One million seasons. (laughs) Yeah, I think we're at like twenty five seasons watched, and it's just something like that. Yeah, if you count the reversion season, but we don't. But yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, no, we've watched a lot of Power Rangers, and I think like. Ranking the intros will definitely be an interesting uh, ranking for sure. This was the, this was a sleeper, a bit of, okay. I'm selling it a little hard because especially <laughs> since the best is kind of slightly mid. This was a sleeper season in certain aspects. There was a lot of surprises and one of the surprises was definitely the theme song slapping. Oh, yeah. It, it felt like. The theme song that, like, when you were, like, a teenager and you fell asleep with Adult Swim on and you would, like, wake up at four in the morning to, like, the best anime you've ever watched in your entire life. And it was only because the theme song was so good. That's what that felt like. The theme song to, uh, I already forget the name of this this season, but. Ninja Steel. Super Ninja Steel. Super. Ninja Super Steel. So, so (laughs) I have to make, I have to make one comment. And that was like like the biggest impression that watching these two episodes left on me is that the country singer guy is Orville Peck. Like he is Orville Peck. And if Kennedy doesn't know who I'm talking about, I'll be very I sad. Okay. I do know. Mask fringy no cowboy. That's also very well. I won't I won't go further than that. But <laughs> you got a point. That's I'll I'll just say that much. <laughs> they do a lot to like. Okay, so like Levi Weston is who we're talking about, and Levi Weston is a uh, like we called him something of like a celebrity, sort of like dying on the celebrities are important to our culture hill, right? That liberalism has, and like caping for celebrities quite a bit in the first season. In this season, they really fleshed out Levi Weston. Like, I really enjoyed his episodes because the third contender was episode three. And episode three was another Levi Weston episode. And I thought it was, like, pretty pog, too, and pretty funny. Yes. He's a good actor. I think that's that's what we uh, failed to mention before. He's actually, like, a pretty good actor. It wasn't as obvious last season. 
we're we're almost getting into like season review territory. We're gonna have to steer the shit back at some point here, but but well, uh, it just makes sense for this sort of country singer critique because uh, Hell Baby is all about those country singers. I uh, that is true. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> it's good that we brought you on for this. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we'll just start off with the worst, as Grav mentioned. This is going to be kind of a simple one because we covered this already in the intro. Normally, we kind of try to not include best and worst, like include intros and outros. But in this case, it was kind of unavoidable because most of the this season is just very mid and some of it's kind of low mid, but it's not like terrible. It's just kind of like get okay. on the background, you know, it's fine. Like, Whatever. It's there. It's all right. It's not bad in every way. Whatever. It's I, a better watch than, than um, Samurai. Yeah. I will definitely. say that. Oh, yeah. B- big time better it's, watch. It's, it's much more watchable than Samurai, except for, like, the Victor Monty parts. Yeah. Yeah. And even those are good in some episodes, it's just too, too much of the time that they're not. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, it was like, for worst, we had to do this this time because... There isn't like another anything that's as terrible or even coming close, really. The episode one is like one of the worst intros. Actually, it is the. It is the worst intro. It's the worst intro episode to a new season of Power Rangers ever. The the worst because the worst one before that was like what? Wild Force. Probably Wild Force. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is the worst season intro. Yeah, you really don't get worse than a negative two. It, it is literally worse than Wild Force, which is saying so much because Wild yeah. Force is the goofiest, messiest garbage in the first episode that you've ever seen in your life. Yes, these are two-part seasons, but they still try to like appeal to someone who hasn't necessarily seen the first part in general. Yeah. Um, it was uh, such a mess, too. Like, it was just a downright mess of a season um, in, in terms of just the in terms of just the intro. Uh, and uh, really, we'll save more of it for the season review just because over there we can sort of contextualize it as like an overall season review since we've already covered most of it. Um, but I do think like it really hurt us when watching this season and picking out the best and worst episodes because it made us take so fucking long to finish this damn season because we were just worried that we were going to step on a fucking landmine yeah. of watching this TV show and just be like, all right, let's put it on the back burner again for a couple days and come back to it. Cause like, I remember inviting Kennedy like three weeks ago. Yeah. It was, it's been a while. <laughs> like, we were like, we were like in the throes of just trying to finish this damn season because of how bad episode one was. But I will say, moving on to the best ones, there's there was a major writing come up after that. Episode two was like filler, which we discussed. Um, but then after do that, wanna, do you want to say anything else about episode one? No, I really don't want to say anything else about episode one. It's right. fine. That's if fine. you want to, if it's you want to listen to. I was going to say, yeah, if you want to listen to our episode one review, please listen to the episode previous to this, because I don't really feel like explaining more past. It's a negative, too, because the villain of the week decided to smell a gigantic cloud of farts that a crowd (laughs) of people decided to spray at the villains. 
It's interesting how Victor's unaffected by the farts. Yeah. That's my only new reflection. Yeah. Some people some people are into that kind of thing. I don't think he's into it. I don't think he can smell it. I think he's just immune. Oh, he's got long COVID. Ah. <laughs> There's a really like bad COVID-19 take episode in this season, too. <laughs> it wasn't a contender for worse, but it's in there. Actually, yeah. it might have been it might have been in one of these episodes. We'll talk about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, really, like we said, between Levi West and the country singer pulling out some of the best uh, stops here, um, we've had some good contenders. There is one sort of like a a workers episode that's kind of interesting. Oh, it was Power Rangers in a new light. So we're going to talk about that, too. Um, but first up, let's get ready for what is it? Episode 17. Happy to be me. Yeah. You know, so true. And I, as I watched, I was also thinking, I also am happy to be me. Sorry. Would you be happy to be you if you had a squeaky, tiny voice, though? No. Like Tynema? <laughs> no. I guess my voice is always going to sound like this. Oh, God, no. I think I... I'll I, have to I make music like this regardless. Because I am, I am a singer, and I would, I would not be able to get past that. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna I have mean, to find a different way to make to music. That curse, like Levi Weston, would have to find a new thing. That's actually so sad. And it, I, not to get okay. This is this is cringe, but it reminded me when I was a teenager and I had pneumonia for like off and on, or or had like some form of serious thing that ended up developing into pneumonia for like two and a half years. And I would like. <laughs> I would like break down crying because I didn't know what else I was going to do. I was like, if I can't sing, I can't do anything. And so I like oddly really kind of related to that fear because I also wrapped my entire identity up in my worth as as a singer. Uh, I, I, I will say I have a similar set of emotions because like I've done a lot of performance oriented things obviously i'm a podcaster now but before that like i've done some film and theater and things like that in my life and when i lose my voice like i start to freak out Mm -hmm. i'm like i have to be able to talk and stuff it would it would really like i would be absolutely crushed if i lost my voice yeah my voice is my most defining trait i feel like we all all three of us have like very um we all have the ability voices. to communicate. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. When I'm not um, so high that I start stuttering, then I have less of an ability to communicate. But <laughs> <laughs> um, That's not often. So Tynamon hatched a plot in an episode previous to this one, which was also pretty good, called Car Trouble, where Tynamon unleashed a villain... And was able to get one of the ninja stars, specifically Levi Weston's ninja star, and come up with a scheme to which he reveals Levi in the beginning of this episode. <laughs> and, and basically, like, Little Mermaided him and stole his voice, his beautiful singing voice. Well, yeah, so voice. apparently one of the activators for morphing is to use your voice. So to be able to morph, you have to have a voice signature to the morpher, which is interesting because 
at this point in the show, um, Dimensions in Danger already happen, and that featured a Time Force Ranger. And if you remember in Time Force, Eric, what is it, the sixth Ranger in that season, he had a whole thing where he had to like synthesize his voice to try and get the Morpher to activate because the Morpher was set to his his voice for some reason. But that's never really like an outright said thing. But considering that they use that old ass plot device, is pretty We've cool. It's a couple other times too. Like. Where they steal a ranger's voice to morph? No, no. We're just where they, they there's there's a link between the voices and the morphers. Because there were a couple seasons ago, I don't remember which one, but they specified that they had to shout the catchphrase. <laughs> it wouldn't work. <laughs> I don't remember. Do you remember this? Vaguely, but I could be creating the memory I feel like in my it was head. Like in Samurai, maybe or something. It was like, it no, was you like have, have to do have, it. Have to shout the catchphrase. It doesn't work otherwise. I mean, that the, I, to me, that's that's always fun. I think that should always be the thing. That should just be a hard rule. It, yeah, it just kind of feels like it probably is a hard rule in the Power Rangers universe. It's like turning the safety off on your gun. Yeah. <laughs> Turning the safety <laughs> off on your morpher. And then I mean, turning off your body cam. I mean, I'm not wrong. It is literally you turning yourself into a weapon. <laughs> we gotta put body cams on the rangers. I don't know what else to say. Who's who's auditing the body cams? Mick? Zordon. I can trust Mick. I can't trust Zordon as much. I like surprisingly. his eyebrows. I like his eyebrows. They make him look like like the cowardly lion. Surprisingly, Mick trust. is like one of the best tutors. Like teachers. Yeah. Mentors? Mentor characters for the show. He really proves that this season in particular. Yeah. Probably like the S tier mentor, actually. Um But yeah, no. Uh where are we at in this plot? So Tynaman uh, Tynaman basically tells Madam Odious, hey, I've got this plot. Please let me hatch it. I'm going to steal the voice of Levi Weston using one of my spells because I already got his morpher. I can use his morpher to then create a monster of my own that will be able to like help destroy the world or whatever. Do world domination, whatever Madam Odious wants to do. And she's like, bet. And he's all like, yes, you promised me that if I successfully do this... I'll be able to get out of my robot body. And you're like, huh, this might be hype, but don't don't uh don't get too hype on that. Yeah. Also, there are so, so, so many jokes between them that like I had to keep reminding myself we're not like meant to be read as like like at one point she says doing something about his teeny weeny problem and just like I lost my <laughs> I lost my shit. And I kept having to remind myself, like, no, this is a children's show. That's not the joke that they're making. But it would be I think they've they've done a couple of like sexual innuendo jokes for sure. Yeah. In the past couple seasons. It's been pretty great, honestly. When they they implement it pretty well. Um it's just honestly, it's just when they get a little too childish with it. Once you start including the farting stuff, I'm like, nah, I'm not worried. I'm really not with it. I think it's disgusting. You don't you don't you don't like fart humor? No, because they they especially color it green. Oh ew. 
Yeah, they do like CGI green and shit. You don't want that. I love Power um, Rangers CGI. It's so beautiful. I love that <laughs> it still like this season still looked like something out of like an episode of Goosebumps. Like it's so like smooth <laughs> <laughs> and bad. <laughs> smooth and bad. Smooth and bad. Two things that you that you don't uh want applied to your show so the rangers are training at their cool training grounds um with mick it's like at an auto parts like an like a junkyard Mm -hmm. um but really it's like outside the school it's a weird i don't know they have that weird like auto program at the school yeah it has that this season okay Really quickly, I'm going to address that this season, more than any other season, has the problem of Where they the fuck say are they're we? in high school, but they seem to be in college. And, like, they really fucking seem to be in college this time. <laughs> yeah, I think Victor and Monty are the ones that kind of grounded in high school, but the rest of the Rangers treat it like college. Also, literally, it's like students are just, like, hanging out in the middle of the day all the time. Oh, yeah. You could just kind of, like, chill like, downstairs, like, the whole day if you wanted and, like, cut class all day. And no one's going to, like, yell at you. And there's not, like, well, but it seems like they're not all in classes at the same time. That's why it's, like, why does really? college have this problem with? Yeah, college kids are cool. What you mean? Say they're in college. This is weird as fuck. Yeah. Confusing um, as hell. Yeah, it just doesn't seem, especially since the last season, they were like, yeah, we're really? explicitly 18. There's like, we, scene, I'm forever 18? There's a scene in one episode <laughs> where, like, Monty is supposed to be in a class, according to, like, one of the, like, counselors or teachers or something. Yeah, the dean. And there's kids just, like, hanging out, like, eating lunch and playing video games and doing their homework. At the same time that Monty's supposed to be in class. How do you explain that if they're in high school? Maybe or the fact that everyone can... About video games and, and hanging out. They did, they did that episode where everyone was playing video games. Like, everybody was playing video games in class. Everybody was fucking playing video games in the fucking halls. Like, it was crazy, man. This, it was like a boomer-centric episode, too. It was also kind of a banger, too. Was it kind but, of a banger? Yeah. Um, but, like... It, it does. It does feel like, man, this really should have been in college. Um, but that's besides the point. To, I'm sorry to derail, but it's just the bringing up the weird junkyard got me thinking about it. I think it's because the previous episode they kind of treated it like college too. Yeah. Because they're they're getting kind of like emotionally deep with it. This one especially. So Tiananmen does a surprise attack on uh, the gold uh, the Gold Ranger and the rest of them. Where he's like, aha! And then does like a fucking spell after he uh, does like a lightning bolt and gets yeah. uh, Gold Ranger's voice. <clears throat> Levi Swap. goes from talking like a smooth uh, country Country boy. To, uh, I'm talking like this! <laughs> Hi, I'm Levi. I love, um, I love when my country singers sound like they have been smoking cigarettes every second of every day for the last hey, 20 years. listen, Tom Waits is one of the greatest songwriters gone. of all time. So, you know, maybe Levi should have just leaned into it. Yeah. 
There um, are enough girls on TikTok that would like lose their minds over like a like a pretty boy that sang like a Christopher Walken. I think I think that he could have been successful. <laughs> I I'm here to sing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what levi sounds like in my mind in this episode now he sounds like christopher walken <laughs> my friends i can't be a cool <laughs> country singer guy now uh levi freaks the fuck out understandably because tiananmen's uh voice is sucky it sucks very ass bad. why would very, you want to why would you want to sound like that at the ripe age of like 17 or something i would just not yeah. talk ever again for the rest of i would life. be mute yeah i would be mute i would legitimately just give up one of my senses <laughs> people are making fun of him at school and the only way that the rangers can help him get out of it is they are like well he's sick he has uh covid <laughs> Instead of talking, I'd use all that energy to, like, perfect my martial arts. Mm. It would make me a better ranger regardless. But he can't work on his martial arts. He has COVID. Oh, fuck. So, Levi is freaking the fuck out. His friends are all freaking the fuck out. Because the morpher's gone. And now, Tiananmen has his voice. And now the Madam Odious and the rest are going to hatch this fucking plot and take over the world. Shit. Levi, get it the fuck together. It's all Levi's fault. Fuck you, Levi. Levi goes to Preston and Preston, he goes, Preston, my voice changed using a magic spell. Can you do the same to give me back my voice? Preston's like, uh, that's not how magic works. <laughs> I'm gonna have to research well, this. I think that I mean, magic is like that's kind of how magic works, but there's a lot of academia involved. <laughs> I think that like magic wand should have an undo button. You should like press the little like arrow, like the little program, like, like magically program an undo button. It should be like it should be like That'd a be Halloween sick. town where you just have to say the exact same spell backwards. And then it like, gets fixed. Everything's fine. Well, it's funny that you say that. It should be like Harry Potter where you just have to be anti-Semitic and then magic <laughs> You have to say slurs first. Yeah. That's how Harry got the letter. He was trapped <laughs> in that closet just saying slurs. <laughs> All right. Now I'm lost. Kennedy, where are we in this plot? Um, so they, they, they make up that Levi is sick. Which basically leads to Victor and Monty's plot to the episode, such as it is. It's pretty minimal. But they're worried about getting the, the sickness. Weirdest combination of, like, stereotypical high school boy friendship that you could ever imagine. They're gay. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're gay. Well, Victor's, like, bi. Nah, they're gay. All that you don't think Victor's about, bi? All that talking about women stuff is posturing. Yeah. You think so? I like, think so. Victor is clearly the kind of guy that's like, yeah, I date a woman, and then you like, you're like, okay, so why, why, why haven't you dated one then? And it's like, if you got him alone in a room with a beautiful Without woman, Monty? he'd just be like crying. <laughs> Like you know that meme where Ned Flanders is at the is yes. at the strip club <laughs> covering his eyes and crying. <laughs> covering his eyes and crying. 
<laughs> as these women just like throw their asses in his face. Oh yes. <laughs> that would be Victor. Like he's here's the th- okay, here's the thing. Victor's a decent looking guy. Like, sure, he's a little like dude bro, but like he's got that jawline and stuff. You know, like if he really wanted to date a he woman. He has the best I will say this, he has the best fake smile. Like the one, you know, the smile that you give that you're just like, obviously you're being a shithead about it. He has the best shithead He's smile. great at that. He perfected that. I appreciate um, it for it. Because it doesn't, he, it doesn't, some, most, when most people do it, it comes off as like fucking annoying and you want to punch them. For him, you're just like, he's being a shithead. He's also, he's annoying. Kind of he's funny. like a little bit of a town legend. Yeah. He's won all those trophies. There's several episodes where we see him being celebrated by people around town. Yeah. Like, so it's like, okay, so he's a decent looking guy. He's he's relatively well liked. Yes, he's somewhat known as annoying and a troublemaker, but that doesn't like disclude you from dating by any means. Yeah. Uh if Victor wanted to date a woman Oh he could. Wouldn't wouldn't it have happened? In one of these episodes. Yeah. There's that one chick that he tried to like buy a lot of presents for. To try and get her to go with him to the dance. Yeah, but that's just because he didn't want to seem like he couldn't get nobody to go with him to the dance. And he's not going to dance with Monty because Monty can't dance. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not ready to come out. I think it's just so obvious, though, right? It's like, why else would you be? Why else would you be a jock with a kid who's known for like farting? Like, it's not just the fact that Monty looks like a nerd, but it's also that like Monty fucking. We're getting way, way off track here. <laughs> Please, yes, yes, Victor and Monty—they're gay. They're totally gay for each other. Yeah, I believe I you. I, the only reason why I was even being like, yeah, they might be bisexual. Is that way? A, I wouldn't be conducting by erasure mm-hmm. and b uh there there is like there's been a couple of episodes where he's like actively trying to get a woman's attention it's okay like episode three he was for sure there's, there's plenty of by uh there's plenty of by representation this season because every ranger is by prove me wrong i think brody's ace <laughs> yeah actually brody's ace you're right Brody is not Brody, sexual whatsoever. Brody seems entirely uninterested in sex, and he. How is Calvin by? By other other things. You gotta explain to me how Calvin's by. I need to know this one. Calvin is totally by, dude. We'll talk how about it in this Calvin interview, by? maybe. What? What am I missing? <laughs> <laughs> so no, no. this is like the weird COVID, like in yeah, a post-COVID nineteen like world. Thing. In a post-COVID-19 world, we're not even a post-COVID world. We're still in a COVID-19 world. I shouldn't even be saying that. But in a, you know, post-initial pandemic um, world, the fact that, like, Victor and Monty, like, Victor was wearing this ridiculous suit, right, to not get this airborne disease. Why would the principal just, like, look at him and just go, sure, Victor, go sit down and just look like a fucking idiot? Versus just outwardly pointing and laughing. Like, this just felt like a liberal response. Post, like, Biden saying, it's okay to take off your mask. The the principal is definitely, like, one of those people that you're like, 
they're like, are you going to wear a mask? And you're like, yeah, I am. And they're like, oh, why are you going to, why are you going to do that? So it's questioning you about it. Yeah. Like, it felt like one of those. Like, it's so I don't weird. Have to explain, I don't have to explain why I'm going to wear a mask. I would like to not get sick, please. And thank you. That's Especially there since there's no dress code. There's no fucking dress code. Just fucking wear it. Who cares? Yeah, if you want if, to if the principal knows they're, they're gonna look fucking stupid, just let them get rocked. <laughs> That's my thing, right? There can't be a dress code at this school. There's no dress code at this school. It's impossible. It's fucking so, impossible. So okay. Let's move on though. Um <laughs> The reason why we said that was so, because they, they basically said that Levi has COVID. Right. right, that's what that's what I said. We covered that. Okay, okay. So, will you tell your phone to shut up? Okay. Um. <laughs> so, uh, so Preston finds a spell that he thinks might be able to help Levi, and he's like, uh, "Presto, changeo, make you a child, yo!" <laughs> and then Levi turns into a kid. Fix it. Um, and he still sounds like Christopher Walken. That was the best part. Sounds, he still sounds like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I I think that that's how every kid should sound. <laughs> I think that if I ever have a kid and they don't sound completely fucked up, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to want a refund. I, I was afraid. When I saw the kid thing, I was afraid. Every a- time they int- almost every single time they introduce a kid actor into the show, it's always bad. Oh no! Like when was the last time we saw a good one? <laughs> In the HD seasons, when was the last time we saw any good one? Uh, there's been one not that long ago, but I'm struggling to remember. But it's we draw we drew attention to it. Was it? I think it was might have been Dino Charge. Now though, yeah, it might have been in Dino Charge, maybe. But like the the hit ratio on that stuff's very bad. It's like some like a what sixteen percent success rate or something. Why would you throw that hail mary in there? It's it's crazy. It's it's super gamble and uh, oh yeah, the last time a kid episode was good was when uh, Coda saved the kid in the cave. Yeah, so actually, it wasn't that long ago. But yeah, it yeah. but it is it. Oh, so even though it wasn't that long ago though, their overall success rate is terrible. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But in this case, it was a good one. I like the gamble. The gamble paid off. In this case, uh, Levi turning into a kid with the with the Tianamon voice was actually pretty Kino. And meanwhile, uh, Tianamon requested from Madame Odious, "Hey, I need six Skull Gators to pull this this ritual off because I want to combine it to make this super monster, and the super monster can can beat the Power Rangers." I could have done it with five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So. Tianamon uses the Ninja Fusion Star and Levi's voice to combine the six Skull Gators that Cosmo sends down to create the Mega Mauler. And the this Mega also kind Mauler. of this also kind of adds to the whole Galaxy Fighters TV show thing because they press the blue button, which sends a bunch of Skull Gators down. They haven't done that since like Episode Two, Season One, or sorry, not Season One, Episode Two of uh, Ninja Steel. So like, I love this shit. Um, the fact that like they were able to utilize this shit and be able to create this giant monster, which they now dubbed Mega Mauler. And uh, it turns out too much evil is actually a bad thing. And the fascists start turning on each other. I can't get over the name Mega Mauler because it's just making me think of like liberals on Twitter in like 2018. And how 
don't know. Like, I, I kept trying to workshop a, like, wow, Trump better watch out joke, but it just felt sad and tired. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking so, Mega Mauler beats the shit out of their Zords. Yeah. Like, it wasn't even fucking close. Like, this fight was, like... Brutal. There was no chance. Uh, He was... And all the, all the monster was going to do was just roll over them. It just has a giant, like, concrete roller attached to the front of it. And he's just, like, mowing down the fucking city and shit. And then he just goes to the Power Rangers, like, all right, I gotcha. And they're, like, about to get crushed by him. And they're like, oh, shit, we got to retreat. It is pretty Kino, though, that they add to the aesthetics with the, like, retreats and stuff, and they acknowledge it. So I feel like previous seasons, they never, like, acknowledged the more japanese elements of the show. But in this one, they're like, yeah, they're ninjas. Yeah, they can disappear like that. Cool. Yeah. The Rangers basically only escape because the villains are fighting amongst themselves. In the meantime, Levi is a little kid, and he's basically having, like, a... Like a Detective Conan kind of experience where he's just like, I guess I'm a kid now. Go to the park and play with the other little kids. I don't know. <laughs> it's my life. Whatever. Um, a bunch of the kids pick on him. But then there's a little girl that's nice to him. Um, her name is Rosie. I feel like if this conversation, if this, I feel like. This isn't a realistic depiction that is fit for children's television. Yeah, this sort of scenario. It's pretty solid. Like the everything felt kind of believable. It read decently. It's a pretty enjoyable plot sequence overall. And basically, um, Rosie and Levi hit it off a little as friends, especially because Rosie is in Levi's music and he gets really excited and he's like. He he almost says like, "That's my music," but then he manages to like, kind of like spin it. Uh, um, that's it, my song. To that's my song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my song. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> this song was about self acceptance and doing what you can, right? Essentially, yeah. where it's just like. You know, people might say shit about you or whatever, but you can still, like... The point being was that, like, you're still alive. You still have a bunch of things you can do. You're still creative. You can overcome this predicament that you're in and still be able to get that sort of same fulfillment. Right. And he was just like, I might not have the voice, but it's clear that I can put these songs together and I can still make music. So I'll just keep working on that then, even if I never get my voice back. I'll just start designing furniture for middle-aged ladies. <laughs> I'll just write the same pop song over and over and sell it to every artist in in Hollywood. And then I'll get famous for songwriting, even if I sound like a broken vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Uh, Levi return. Everyone returns to the ship, and Levi reveals that he's came to terms with his new voice. Uh, Preston realizes that the spell he used earlier to cure Levi got tangled with Tynamon's spell, so he finds a separation spell to return Levi to normal. It works. Levi is an adult again and gets his voice back. And Tynamon has been like roaming around the ship, singing with the pretty voice, and then 
finds himself suddenly like dur, 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 dur. <laughs> <laughs> and Mega Mauler's like, ha, there's no way you could control me ever again. But yeah. Tynamon finds the Mega Mauler and and basically is just like, hey, if we team up together to beat the Rangers, we can make something out of this and we don't have to be fighting all the fucking time. And Mega Mall's like, oh, hell yeah. What a but, moment. <laughs> but Levi uses his new superstar mode, which we got to talk about this shit. So they get this new thing called superstar mode. And uh, it basically morphs Levi into Orville Peck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, why not? He becomes a little bit more of a cowboy. He gets this brand new Zord. It's pretty pog. Um, the Zord fight is the Zord fight. It goes down into two hits um, before the the Zord before the villain is destroyed, which kind of sucks in this case because it kind of happens with both Mega Molar and Tynamon. Yeah. Um, but what can I say? Um, in this case, though, I really felt that like the Levi. First of all, the early stuff, the first couple minutes of this episode was just really funny. And I also really enjoyed the kids segment and like being okay and being comfortable with your body despite the fact that like you've been hit with a setback, right? Like su- something such as crucial as like Levi Weston's precious voice and he was still willing to be like, you know what? Like I still love music so fucking much. Yeah. That I still would love to do that shit, you know? Yeah, you have to respect that. Yeah, overcoming like a setback such as that, it's huge. And big ups to big ups to Levi. The, the, the cute scene at the end is kind of nice and doesn't detract from the episode. Yeah. Because yeah. the rangers go back to the park and Levi wants to go see the girl again but in this case it's just to be like, hey, thank you for being a fan. Blah, blah, blah. I'm yeah, here. Like, hey, that kid, Aiden, which I, I did think it was fun that he called himself Aiden when he was a little kid. That's a, That was a nice nod to the, the whole plot. Yeah, the whole evil brother potentially plot. Yeah, yeah. I like that too. He's like, yeah, uh, Aiden's a friend of mine, actually, and I really appreciate you helping him out. Uh, do you want to hang out with us for the afternoon? She's like, oh, my God, I'm such a fan. And, you know, and then all the kids that were mean to her before come over and they suddenly think she's cool and blah, blah. And she lets them play with her. Yeah, she's great. I thought that was nice. Yeah, it is really cool. Um. The next best one is Magic Misfire. This one smacked. I gotta say it. I thought this, this one, one was really fun. Yeah, right? Yes. There was this, a lot of twists and we turns on this sure one. This was a best. The, like, we had to, like, it was like, it's gonna be Magic Misfire and something else. Like, that was, like, the conversation. Yeah. It's officially the 18th episode, so I'm sorry, Kennedy. I mixed it up a little bit. Uh, it's all good. I figured it out that the, the the issue. I think I've alluded to this on the pod. In fact, I'm sure I've alluded to this on the podcast before. The issue is in this these seasons that there's like these different list listings of episode numbers, and it fucks us up. Yeah, but... like the DVDs and the Blu-rays and the original air dates and stuff and everything. They don't all agree. Yeah, this is what it is. I personally like this is. Preston's best episode, and it's, I think it's, it, it, it does have to do with Preston as to why it's the best episode of the season, 
but um, I wouldn't necessarily. It's be. It's necessarily mostly because of him. We're gonna have to talk about this a lot more in the season review. But Preston gets an unbelievable glow up this season. You think so? Yeah, he goes from like relative garbage last season. What did we rank him like a C minus or something? Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, yeah, he definitely goes. He shoots up way more this this season for sure. And this this episode is a big part of why. So we'll we'll save a lot of that talk for the season review, but. Just keep that in mind for for when that episode comes out. We're gonna get more into that, and that this episode is a is a really important uh, part. Although he does kind of get to, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. His way out of the situation to some extent. <laughs> but the episode is still fun, so who cares? Yeah. Um. Basically, the episode kicks off. With Preston's Magic Club, um, which is a club where he teaches other people magic. It's unclear if this is trick magic or real magic to it, some extent. <laughs> it was very funny to see him, like, walking around and, like, see people, like, trying to pull shit out of hats. And then he's, like, zapping shit with his wand. Like, that was funny. Yeah, because he can use real magic as it's an and, extension and of also, his will. magic is real. As a separate fact, something that we will now have to accept. Yeah, because the villains can do magic in like a, a very obvious way now, right? Yeah, it's just like a battle of spells. There's there's just some references to this stuff where it's like there's these books of magic that the villains are using, and sometimes Preston can get a hold of them, and and then now it's like the magic club. It's like there's other people trying to learn to do magic, like Preston does. So clearly, I mean, that's why the school that they go exists. to is because they go to Hogwarts. <laughs> that's a different <laughs> thing. They do go to Hogwarts. Yes. They, definitely. <laughs> so Preston's got these kids, and he's, like, trying to teach them to do magic. And uh, Victor and Monty show up. They want to join the magic club. And Preston's like... Oh, Victor, you've always said that Magic Club was for dumb, idiot baby dorks. <laughs> um, and uh, Victor's like, no, no, I'm totally into magic now because We're here to get magic can help you bone. <laughs> See what I'm saying? What I said holds up. What I said holds up from Ninja Steel Episode 1. <laughs> From when we reviewed the intro episodes. Yeah. Dudes who get into magic are so fucking creepy, man. So horny. Yup. Uh, Victor, or so, sorry, Monty, as a, as a display of their sincerity that they're into this shit, uh, hypnotizes Victor, which, nothing gay about any of... Mm-mm. Any of that. It's very straight behavior to hypnotize your homies. Um, <laughs> and he's very practiced at hypnotizing. Yeah, they do. I mean, they really seem to know what they're doing. That's the... <laughs> Falls right part. into it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he hypnotizes Victor, and he says, Victor, act like a chicken. Um, but uh, Victor's version of a chicken is more like a, a raging, <laughs> raging velociraptor. 
<laughs> uh, which, I mean, you know, they are related, so I guess. Mm-hmm. Birds are kind of like dinosaurs sometimes when you hang out with them. <laughs> Calling my chicken a pet dinosaur? <laughs> Just as a tangent, there's a lady on TikTok who, um, has emus and every single time every single video they're like trying to kill her and she like she's not one of those like 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 content creators where it's like ooh i love my animals like she's like actively trying to avoid being assassinated by her emu (laughs) yeah that's a dinosaur yeah they're (laughs) fucking scary that is a fucking dinosaur just think about that I love I love to learn evolution with Kennedy. <laughs> evolution with Kennedy. Uh it's appropriate for this show because the Power Rangers they contradict science all the time. Um <laughs> Where were we? Oh, okay, so Victor uh Victor turns into a raging something chicken. And a raging chicken and destroys the fucking classroom like crazy. Um, and then, uh, Mr. Langley, right? Sure. I think is his name. The drama teacher comes in, and he's like, Hey, this is fucked up. I let you weirdo, freak-ass, pedophile, magic kids practice <laughs> in there. Um, the least you could do is not destroy my classroom. And they're like, We're sorry, Mr. Langley. We won't do it again. And he's like, no, that's not good enough. Magic Club is canceled. I'm pretty sure I saw one of you uh, sell ketamine to a fourth grader. (laughs) And uh, 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 naturally, Preston is like, you can't cancel Magic Club. It's all I've got other than being a Power Ranger. (laughs) And and literally everything else. uh, A bunch of other stuff that I probably have going on. Um, and uh, drama teacher is like, tough luck, kid. Um, you either pack up Magic Club or I'm calling the cops and telling them to search your computer. <laughs> um, and so Preston um, puts Mr. Langley to sleep um, using a well, spell. While trying to uh, get rid of the, like, the weirdest looking CGI bumblebee that has ever been in any TV show. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> Just like the the like a blue bumblebee that also looks like shit. Total fucking mystery scene. I think that's how all TV. What was going on there? If I'm not confused, I, it's not good. Yeah, the confusion is what makes it artistic. Mm-hmm. It's Dadaism. The yeah. principal ends up walking in on them. So, yeah, so the principal walks in a moment later. So, basically, Preston's plan is like, hey, let's clean this up real big, real quick, and then I'll wake him up. We'll try to talk him into it, or at least that's what it seems like. You know, they don't really say this out loud, but that seems to be, like, the gist of it. Um, but uh, while he's asleep, the principal walks in, and she's like, Yo, what the fuck, Mr. Langley? Wakes him up. And he's like, oh, I don't don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. And she's like, well, sorry's not going to cut it. You're a teacher and you're asleep on the job. 
you're fucking fired, homie. And he's like, wait, no, don't fire me. But uh, she's un- unlistening, non-listening. What a weird response to have. Yeah, like that was like almost like uh, they had something happen between each other and then she needed an excuse. Mm, yeah. Am I wrong? Because oh, I was definitely her, getting those vibes. Her down. You think so? Yeah. She was like, Mr. Langley, let's. Let's. Uh, I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of any way to sexually use the name Langley, and I cannot. No, there's no way. You there's can't no do way. You can't Longly. <laughs> Will you? No, no, don't. <laughs> no. no, I don't even know. I this this doesn't. Langley, work. will you bang me? There we nice. go. Langley, will you bang? There, okay. <laughs> 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 uh we're making incredible breakthroughs today <laughs> we're making incredible breakthroughs in the uh in the riffing club here incredible personal breakthroughs <laughs> in our riffing careers <laughs> so yeah so he gets fired and president's like holy shit that was an overreaction <laughs> <laughs> like ma'am why he's just like oh my god and also oh god what have I done yeah this is all my fault yeah I ruined this man's whole life that man had a family <laughs> and I just got him fired Holy like oh my god shit. I didn't know that the TV show that I'm in has stakes all of a sudden fuck yeah stakes that aren't like evil scary guy in like a really big foam costume takes over the world the stakes uh, usually aren't like not gonna lie like, like this was like the most serious yeah it was like the most serious stakes i'd ever seen in a power ranger show like the way they treated it was like a holy shit moment yeah you know? yeah so mr langley you know starts packing up his things um, and he looks like he's about to put a gun in his mouth when he gets home. <laughs> yeah. Really, really he does not seem to be in a good place. And Preston is a liberal. So Preston's like, well, what if we petitioned to get Langley his job? Oh my job god, back? just vote. <laughs> this is a democracy. Like, so they, it, try to, they try to vote their way out of the problem. <laughs> So Preston was like, actually, Preston, hold on. Preston got 131 signatures for a fucking teacher to come back at a high school. The drama drama teacher. Like, this person is really well loved. And the principal's like, nah, sorry. (laughs) Still still doesn't. (laughs) Can't sleep on the job. Plain and simple. Yeah, you're and probably like, yeah. incredibly overworked and underpaid, and you also, like, voluntarily, like, do extracurricular stuff for students, but also if you fall asleep for two seconds, fuck you, I hate you, and you're fired. Protests only work if the state has a conscience. Mm-hmm. The principal doesn't have one. Yeah. 
she's like comically evil. Like she's like as much of a villain as like the the villains of the season. So Preston gets you know circulates his petition. He takes it to the principal, and she's like, "Nah, he's fired." And Preston doesn't know what to do. I mean, it's like he can't exactly explain himself necessarily. Although he also doesn't try. Yeah. He might yeah. make a huge deal out of it. But when I said there's like a slight, it's always sunny in Philadelphia quality to this aspect of this episode. Oh, yeah. I did mean it. He's um, like, how do I fix a situation without any of it falling on me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, this is definitely an it's always sunny plot now that you mention it like that. Yeah. It really is. That's so funny. He literally, he like, because it's not like he has to hide that he's magic. He's teaching magic to people. Could have just been like, my bad. That was my so fault. So you, the listener, must be wondering, how is Preston going to get his way out of this one? <laughs> well, as you know, they are ninjas. And they are magic. <laughs> so they commit a breaking and entering. <laughs> as one does. <laughs> yeah, they come up with a plot. This is where it really starts to feel extremely like it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Because it's suddenly like the gang commits a heist. And like, <laughs> and like they're like, they come together and they're like, hey, what if there was a way for everyone to get what they wanted, including you, Preston, never getting caught ever? <laughs> 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 like, it just felt really funny because usually the Power Rangers would be like, Preston needs you to learn to a like, lesson at like, some point here, yeah. but it's just like, no. No. No lessons. Everything no is fine. <laughs> I mean, Preston still had to sweat it out. It's not like he got through this, like, oh, willy-nilly. Yeah. No more putting will, teachers to will sleep. will remember this. Yeah. No more causing labor issues at work, at, at your <laughs> school, please. Um, so they come up with a scheme. They break into the school. <laughs> They do a little heisting, a little planning, a little plotting, a little modifying of some printers. And they, the funniest, I think the funniest like visual sequence in this episode for me personally was the ranger that was outside not like doing ninja shit, talking to Mr. Langley. And like, Haley. yes, how she was just like, waiting for the go-ahead and very clearly like a literal fucking ninja like walks into broad daylight and like gives her like a thumbs up or something and i just thought it was so funny like they're like jumping around like like dropping from the ceiling trying to make sure that they don't get caught and then the one bitch just walks outside and is like you're good go ahead it's your turn i thought that was (laughs) funny (laughs) yeah um i I loved it just because, like, I think the whole – this episode, it's still a children's show, so they can't really depict what would actually happen if this occurred in real life. But uh, in terms of, like, okay, they were able to pull off a heist such as this and be able to get her to go to sleep, etc. right? So she photocop they have her, like, photocopy, like, a shit ton of papers that, like, swarms the entire lobby. And uh, Preston puts her to sleep using a magic spell. The principal. Uh, on the principal. And yeah. uh, Langley, Haley gets Langley 
to go inside of the lobby, right? Like well, because, she, she drops some keys or something like that. She like drops some keys in the parking lot, and then she's like, "Oh, hey, look at these keys. Do you know what these are? Are these yours?" Uh, the and principal. then and and he's like, "I think they're the principal's keys." And she's like, "Oh, that's cool. Well, you're an adult, and I'm a kid. Here you go. Bye. I gotta go." Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I wasn't really going to head in that direction to go home. <laughs> <laughs> so. Maybe if the school is locked up, I shouldn't be the one to go back in there. I don't know. Yeah. So he so, goes back in there. So yeah, he, he has to go back in there. What, what does he find? A sleepy principal. Wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't Even you know she it? can fall asleep on the job when she. And you know what? Mr. Langley. He's like gracious as fuck i'll be like bitch. props to this guy like i yeah i would be like i would be like bitch are you i would have busted I, out that phone I'm and recorded a you're video too, bitch. I'm I would I'm recording a video and sh- <laughs> this, this power just takes place in the modern area the era they got smartphones <laughs> i'd be pulling out my phone you know taking a video of it calling the school board being like this bitch just fired me for sleeping on the job, and look what look what I found. She's look sleeping. She's I wasting found. resources. I would sue. For, it's like it's like you give me my job back, or I sue for wrongful termination. That's right. Right. That's no, exactly just, how, how that happens. Straight to suing for wrongful termination. Just go straight to suing. Yeah. Yeah, especially since you have the video, right? You can sue for damages. Make um, make a bunch of money off these bitches and then go work at another school as like the hero favorite drama teacher. That's right. Literally right. the perfect scheme. That would be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I feel like that would have been the real life one, but this one also wasn't bad. I was just wanted to call attention to that. Yeah, no. It's funny though. But it is it's honestly, you have to appreciate that he is so gracious. Like, yes. it makes you like the character even more, because everyone's been talking about what a great teacher he is and stuff, and it's like, this really sells it, because here he is, he's caught her with her pants down, and he's just like, hey, um, here's your keys and stuff, looks like you're kind of fucking up here, but, uh, not my business anymore, I guess, bye. And she's like, wait. I think I owe you an apology. (laughs) (laughs) And your job back. And your job back. Before you sue. (laughs) Or realize you can sue. Please, God, don't tell the superintendent that I was asleep in the office. (sighs) Like, I think it's so funny how, like, obviously, like, since it's a kid's show, they wouldn't, like, go through the whole process. But, like, imagine, like, just... Imagine how easy if 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 the world were that easy, like you could like your boss could just be like, "You fired." Wait, never mind. You hired again instead of like having to walk through like this, like especially like in a school, like you have to go through so much shit just to get a teacher fired. Like, are there no unions? Do they not have a teachers' union? Why was he able to be fired and rehired in like the course of three days? It's a little, it's no, a little, like that's day. the most unbelievable thing. Oh yeah. It was like literally the same day. It was either the same day or it was over the course of two days maximum. I thought it was two days, but yeah. Um, 
Meanwhile, while all this is going on, there is a villain plot. And it is basically like Tynamon has been wa- wanting to be big this whole time. And you're like, what the fuck does that even mean? He like yearns to escape his robotic body. And Odeus is just like, yo, if you kidnap Mick and destroy the Rangers, I'll gigantify you just like you want. Tynamon, while shrunken, Madam Odeus shrinks Tynamon for a special mission and gives him a, uh, a, a ray gun that hypnotizes people and so he's able to successfully infiltrate the power rangers base and get mick to join his side so mick is actually back at the alien base about to launch her like final plan while uh preston is like trying to recover this teacher's job um meanwhile tynamon turns out to be a dalek (laughs) (laughs) little organism inside a robotic body except the little organism looks exactly like the robotic body and then he gets gigantified uh rangers go at it for this one but honestly not much to talk about there my my biggest thing is just like why go through the effort of making an inner body that's just a small version of the robotic body versus it just being its own different thing you know because it didn't really feel too much like a power-up or anything or why that's a plot point outside of the fact that they named him Tynamon because he's tiny, secretly it, tiny. I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Tynamon short for tiny monster. I think that it's I I think that it's literally just to make like little penis jokes. Like oh you wanna you wanna be bigger? Oh wow. You have a tiny itty bitty problem. <laughs> that's my personal that's how I'm choosing to read it. Okay. I'm sure hey, that's cool with me. Can't really um, dispute this read, to be honest. <laughs> I do like the fact that Preston does get his lion fire mode when facing off against Tynamon. I like the lion fire mode on the other Rangers. I think it's pretty cool. It's a dude's rock only power, though. Oh, boo. Despite the fact it came from a princess, it just seems like Haley and Sarah don't get to use it. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. But yeah. Your next uh, episode is Does Power Rangers Hate Women? Question mark, question mark, question mark, not picture. We know the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? Like twenty having watched twenty-five seasons of this, they've been doing better. In the last couple seasons, I feel like they've been doing better. Sarah and Haley are both strong characters this season too. It gets better over time because Haim Saban has slowly lost influence over You think the that's franchise. you think that's the reason? I mean he hates women. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like Haim Saban is just like it feels more like okay the because you can tell, I think a Haim Saban episode. Yeah, the writing gets kind of stinky. <laughs> you know, you could kind of tell. Also, and this like, one, the writers kind of felt like they took the, back all the all the women villains in his in his all of his era. various tokusatsu's like. Like, whenever he had to invent an original villain, like in Turbo, he's like, it's a woman who's exactly like my mother. <laughs> Whose mom is Divatox? Hi, I'm Saban. That's, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to imagine that. <laughs> Too bad, you're imagining it. You're imagining it in vivid detail. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was our two best episodes. How are we rating them? 
How are we rating them? Brad, why don't you go first? Okay. Uh, episode 17 is kind of fire and not a magic misfire. Mmm, but I'm... I kind of liked it uh, quite a bit. I like the, the emotional development of Levi Weston in this episode. It's kind of... It is a little bit mid. I will grant you that, but I had a lot of fun. I thought it was like an 8 or something. Like a 7 or an 8. Magic Misfire is like firmly like 8 territory for me. It's kind of great, but also like... It, it has a hard time sticking the landing. Yeah. Some of its critiques. Especially compared to previous seasons. Like I said, this is a very apolitical season for some reason. This yeah. is like probably the most quote unquote political episode this season. And it's really just like a labor issue. Like how does Power Rangers deal with a labor issue in real life? Because you can easily replace Preston's magic with like the Rangers did some bullshit at the job. And got a teacher's job on the line. How the fuck would they react <clears throat> to that? We never right. saw that. Like we never saw that in Mighty Morphin. We didn't see that in Dino Thunder, despite the fact that fucking Tommy was the Black Ranger and also a teacher. We didn't see that in uh, Mega Force either. This is like the first time that they actually got like a teacher in trouble, so much so to the point where they lost their fucking job, and the Rangers had to try and get it back from them. Yeah, it's a very unique episode. So yeah, that's where I'm standing. How about you, Kennedy? Which one? <laughs> that's the point. I'll go. Uh, I think uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna have kind of similar scores. Uh, I think for me, Happy to Be Me is solidly a seven. Um, it is good and enjoyable, and by the standards of this season, especially, like it's it 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 it, it punches above a lot of the stuff that's going on in this season. I think what sold this for me over episode three as a best of pick had to have been like him, Levi Weston pulling off the, the Tynamon voice. Cause you know, it's like dubbed over, right? Yeah. But they like, did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. It was like interlaced so well. It was Surprising. really good uh, and really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, it's a funny episode. They managed to do little kids and not fuck it up, which is rare for the power Rangers. Has a good message. Uh, Victor and Monty aren't annoying. Victor and Monty are, are very minimal. It's uh, just not a lot to chew on past that, right? Yeah. Um, which, honestly, Victor and Monty being minimal and barely present is perfect. So, don't know what else to say exactly. That's <laughs> <laughs> The season review is going to be interesting on this one. <laughs> I got a question. Do you before we like go on to Hell Baby, um, do you think that I'm like we miscalculated and not making episode three the best? I didn't want to call you out. <laughs> but I just really enjoyed the Tynamon voice stuff. I think that was my main thing. It was just so funny. I was the episode three had its own problems with being cheesy. Yeah. So it's a little bit of six to one, half a dozen of the other. To some extent, because it's like no matter what, we were kind of going to be in for a certain amount of cheesy, nonsensical bullshit. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I think that uh, I don't know. It's t it was a tough call. 
Uh, it was definitely a tough call. Probably like both sevens is the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like we're fighting over. Okay, which one's the higher seven here? Uh, because uh, even in that one, I'm like, yeah, but Victor and Monty had more of a role in that one. Yeah. So how far do you want to go with that? That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, and then uh, definitely, um, Magic Mishap is an eight. Um, I feel a little mixed about the fact that they really don't address anything on a kid's show that's supposed to teach kids good stuff. Don't get your <laughs> teachers in trouble, kids. But but that's not a major critique. Honestly, the biggest critique is just that, like, the villain plot with Mick is this sort of afterthought, but it's also important. So it's, like, kind of a weird situation. Oh, yeah, where it's not, like, it's not really cohesive to the main... Well, I kind of like that in a way, because it, it puts the onus time. on the rangers to, to, to produce the action, sort of, right? It works at times, but I also felt like the two didn't add to each other in some ways also, though. Right. I do like you dressing it as an It's Always Sunny episode, because it's definitely like an It's Always Sunny episode. That really sells it. Like, that really drives that point home. Yeah. 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 It really does. Hell, baby, what did you think? So, for me, I would I would say, so, beyond my, like, emotional, I guess, like, not attachment to, but, like, um, deep emotional understanding of uh like Levi's anxiety in what was the episode called Happy to Be Me? That's it, right? Yeah. I really I really liked that and I really liked that fleshing out of that character. I think that it's nice that that message can be extrapolated to other things. I did think it was really funny. I can see I can see why uh you both gave it a seven. I I, I think I think I might, I think I might be uh, prone to giving it like an eight. I think it's a lot of fun. And I also thought it was really cute. I really like the message too. Yeah. Yeah. Because the message was really sweet. I know we kind of bungled it in the recap a little bit, but the message of it was really, really sweet of like self-acceptance. I know obviously it's just like a, it's sort of like a deus ex machina, right? Like Levi Weston yeah. obviously can't have Tynamon's voice for the rest of the series because right. it wouldn't it wouldn't be good for the sake of the plot. <laughs> it wouldn't be a good show. Yeah, it just <laughs> wouldn't be a good show. People but wouldn't the fact watch that, like, the guy sounded like that. Yeah, but the fact that like Levi was just like, it's okay. It's it's a struggle, but I will get through it and I will continue to produce what I love and do what I love in my own in a different way this time. I mean, he was kind of, like, ready to go, like, this new direction with his music and all this other stuff, if need be, if he didn't get his voice back. It was such an adult lesson. And this season has, like, way more sort of, like, emotionally deep adult lessons than usual. That I feel like this one was the one that you can easily communicate to, like, kids about while also still being, like, great, even if you were, like, a teenager or an adult watching this with your kid, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Magic Misfire, I, I loved, like, I really enjoyed watching that. Mm-hmm. I, like, I laughed out loud multiple times. I thought, I can't get over, so I hadn't picked up the, like, always sunny feeling. Like, I guess I got that vibe, but I didn't, like, have the words to describe it. That does make me, like, as a, as a kid's show, I don't really like that, you know? 
that is like why I can't give it really like much. Like I, I think I might even give it like an eight point five, but I can't really go higher than that because it's like, what is, is this really teaching kids a, a good lesson, or is this just kind of like <laughs> kind of it's a horrible lesson? I feel like, <laughs> like I, I. <laughs> I feel like it's it's so important in kids shows that characters that kids look up to own up to things that they've done wrong and to like have your entire group of friends like <laughs> literally like commit a crime to just to cover up the fact that you did something that you can easily explain and just be like whoopsie my bad like I don't know. I think it sort of. I think it sort of took yeah, they me out. Around and they don't find out. They just yeah. They just they just keep fucking around. Yeah, I guess Preston could have like went to the principal, done the exact same thing without the heist, and it just been like, listen, I tricked Langley into going to sleep, and um, I think that I did the same to you, and yeah. I could do the same to you, and she'll be like, no, nah, or whatever, and he does like you're getting sleepy thing. And then she'd be like, what? I don't, what? I saw Preston. I fell asleep. Oh, no. He was And it right. also would be funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could have also been pulled off pretty funny. In yeah. this case, though, I think the absurdity of the gang doing a heist thing boosted, like, to an 8, 8.5. But you're also right on that front. Yeah. It is funny. Like, it's very funny. Visually. The actress that plays the principal is like very good at being like the hateable, stupid person. Like, and like, just I, I like, I like it, like from a comedic standpoint. Right. But <clears throat> I probably would have, I probably would have given it like an eight and a half. Got so, you. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you had a fun time, regardless. And hey, I, I thought it was going to be much, much worse. <laughs> <laughs> Like, when I sent you that panic DM at 4 a.m., it was because I was in a panic. <laughs> like, we really, we truly did not know what, what we were in in store for this season. But that being said, uh, Kennedy, what do you got going on for us? Like, what's going on in your in your world right now? Um, I have nothing to promote. I would say Bad Praxis might make a comeback. We've been thinking about it, maybe in a little bit of a different form we're thinking about a return to streaming as I sort of slide into uh, my life as an adult that has adult problems and makes adult money. Um, <laughs> so I might, you know, we might be uh, interested in coming back and doing uh, most just like gaming and like chill content. But um, Hell yeah. yeah, as of now, just, uh, you know, if, if people like request to follow me on Twitter, or um, like you know anybody that anybody that follows me on Twitter, just just keep an eye out because because things are things are cooking. Also, I I, I uh, tweet a lot about how much I hate retail. So if you if you uh, would like to uh, come join the very exclusive party, you can request to follow me on Twitter at at hell underscore baby with an extra e e a b e y, um, and see me just. Talk about pop music and how much I hate my coworkers. Yeah, I got you. I got yeah. you. I uh, I had a, a short stint as a locked account for a little bit, and I I was having a fun time. 
Honestly, that was like the most engagement I got from all of my followers, hilariously enough. Yeah, I noticed the same. Like, I can just tweet like, I you don't just say what. <laughs> yeah, you can just say whatever you want. And everybody will fucking like it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the beauty of being alive. Everyone knows because everyone knows it's an exclusive party. Yeah, my tweets will stay forever. That's right. Available to the people. I'm gonna put your tweets on the internet archive. It's gonna Good. be in the Wayback Machine. Good. <laughs> All right, and we'll see you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. That's the end of the episode. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.